welcome to the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wes Ward. Are you struggling with high blood sugar? Are you overwhelmed with all the information out there about diabetes? Are you tired of being told what you can't eat and still not knowing what you should eat? Well, you are in the right place. I created the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast to help you take control of your diabetes through meal planning and exercise. I want to give you the resources you need to successfully manage your diabetes and to live life at its very best. Thank you so much for joining me today for our Succeeding with Diabetes podcast. Today we're going to be answering the question, I have diabetes, what can I eat? As a primary care provider who's been treating diabetes for over 15 years, one of the most frequently asked questions I get by my patients with diabetes is, what can I eat? Patients often ask this question for two reasons. One, because they have no idea what to eat now that they've been diagnosed with diabetes. And number two, because typically I find they're looking for a list of kind of approved foods. Well, unfortunately, diabetes is more complicated than just a list of what should I eat. Often people think of diabetes as a list of things you cannot eat, and that's not it either. It's about following a meal plan that works for you, that lowers your blood sugar, but still includes the foods you love. And you don't have a lot of people with diabetes, a lot of providers who really kick me a bit over that whole idea of still eating foods that you love. And part of this is because they've bought into the lie that diabetes is all about deprivation, that you can't have this, this, and this. And I'll be honest with you, even with diabetes, life is too short to live a life of misery. And I've had countless patients, countless clients who have successfully controlled their blood sugar and followed that very meal plan that I just talked about, one that helped lower their blood sugars, but still included foods they love. Now, they may not be able to eat as much of those foods as they used to be able to, but they still can have them and have appropriate portion sizes of them without it totally wrecking their meal plan or destroying their blood sugar numbers. And so if there's anything that's most important to me when it comes to managing and talking to people about diabetes, it's destroying this idea that diabetes is all about deprivation. Because I'll be honest with you, I see lots of people in Facebook groups posting comments all about how, no, you can't have anything that you enjoy. You can't have these foods. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't eat this. You can't enjoy this. And I just think, gosh, how miserable must their lives be? Because they're depriving themselves of nearly everything. So where do we get started with diabetes and meal planning? 
Well, that's a great question, and I'm so glad you asked. Because to get started with diabetes meal planning, there are three important questions that I think that you should ask. Number one, when evaluating a meal plan, you need to ask yourself, can I reasonably follow this meal plan for the long term? Because diabetes for most of us is a lifelong journey. It's not something that's going to be gone in a week. And so I tell my patients and my clients that when we're creating a meal plan, we really need to create one that's flexible and that you can reasonably follow for the long term, that you can eat this way the rest of your life. I've been following a diabetes meal plan for years, and it's not only helped control blood sugars, it's helped control my weight, um, and I still get to enjoy foods I love, but... I'm still able to do it in a healthy way. And so it's so important when it comes to diabetes to have a meal plan that you can reasonably follow for the long term. The second question that I think that you should consider when evaluating a meal plan is, is this meal plan easy to follow? Life is complicated enough without adding complication to it, right? And when it comes to following a meal plan, if that meal plan has a lot of restrictions, if it has a lot of requirements, if it has a lot of things you have to do simply to be able to follow it, then it's going to be hard to follow for the long term. And that speaks to the complexity of the meal plan, but it also speaks to how restrictive that meal plan is. I have a lot of patients who've talked to me about keto, and I've had several that have tried it. And those that have failed at keto, which has pretty much been every single one of them, some of them have failed for the simple reason that keto is so restrictive in the number of carbs that it allows you to have. And that number is typically less than 50 a day that, that they just couldn't live like that. I mean, they were going from eating 220, 250 carbs a day. These were people who were typically not following a meal plan at all. So they were eating more carbs than they really needed. It's why their blood sugars were high. But they're eating 220, 250 carbs a day, and they go from that amount to 50. And they just couldn't handle so drastic a change. And they were like, I can't do this. I can't live like this. And now what I'm going to tell you is that you can't live like that, and you shouldn't live like that. But we're going to save that for another podcast. So join us later because... We I do have a future podcast planned where we're going to dive into and talk a whole lot more about keto. But back to question number two, is this meal plan easy to follow? I think it's important when you're picking a meal plan to follow for diabetes that it's easy to follow, that it doesn't add complication to your life. And the third question I always encourage people to ask when considering a meal plan is, can I afford this meal plan? You know, if you've chosen a meal plan to help manage your diabetes that 
requires you buy a lot of organic foods or that requires you buy a lot of uh, gluten-free foods or whatever, but that it requires that you purchase a lot of fairly expensive foods, then sometimes that's a problem. I always say if you're trying to eat a organic diet on a ramen noodle budget, then it's not going to work. And let's be honest, let's look around. Inflation is going up right now. Uh, the price of everything is going up. The price of food is going up. And it's getting expensive simply to eat every day. So add on top of that a meal plan that is really expensive to follow anyway. And you might find that it's cost prohibitive to be able to follow that meal plan very long. Oh, you might be able to have enough money to budget for three months, but then what do you do after that? And again, that goes back to question number one, can I reasonably follow this meal plan for the long term? So if it's expensive or and you can't afford it or it has a lot of restriction or a lot of requirements, then it may not be a good fit for you. You know, so often when people with diabetes talk about meal planning, and I hear this a lot from my patients as well as my coaching clients, they start talking about cutting out carbs. I need to eliminate carbs. I'm going to follow a meal plan that eliminates carbs. Well, one, that's not possible because carbohydrates are found in nearly every single food that is not strictly defined as a fat or a protein. And a lot of foods that contain high amounts of fat and high amounts of protein still contain some carbs. So it's not possible to, to cut them out. So we need to understand them and understand how they work and how do I incorporate them into a meal plan. So again, remember when it comes to choosing a meal plan, ask yourself those three questions. Can I reasonably follow this meal plan for the long term? Is this meal plan easy to follow and can I afford it? Because I think those are going to be really helpful in eliminating some meal plans, and then deciding on which ones should I follow. So now I want to talk a little bit about carbohydrates. What are carbs and how do they work? So carbs or carbohydrates are sugars, starches, and fibers that are found in fruits, grains, vegetables, milk products, and carbohydrates are metabolized 100% into sugar. So the body breaks carbohydrates down 100% into sugar. And that is fuel for the cell. Your body's cells need carbohydrates. It is the gasoline that keeps your cells running. It's the gasoline that keeps the engine, the powerhouse of the cell, operating every day. So... How does all that work? Well, most of the food that you eat, so any carbohydrate that you eat, is broken down into sugar. That sugar is then put into the bloodstream, and insulin, which is a hormone made by the pancreas, takes that sugar and puts it into the cell to be used by each body cell as 
fuel. And any of that sugar that goes into the cell that is not burned up or used for energy is eventually converted and stored as fat to be used later on by the body if needed. And when it comes to carbohydrates, there are low-carb foods and high-carb foods, but all of them still turn into sugar, right? And the goal is to eat them in moderation and to spread your carbohydrates out throughout the day. And doing this helps avoid blood sugar spikes. You know, one of the next most frequently asked questions that I get from my coaching clients as well as my patients about meal planning and diabetes and what can I eat is the question of, can I have fruit? And if you go out to Facebook and check out any diabetes Facebook groups, uh, one of the things you're going to find real quickly is that fruit is considered a four-letter word. It's a dirty word. It's a vulgar, profane word in a lot of these groups. And I'm going to tell you, that's frankly a bunch of crap, okay? Can you eat fruit and still have diabetes? Yes, absolutely you can. Fruit is a great food for people with diabetes, However, like any other food that contains carbohydrate, too much fruit can raise your blood sugar as much as a candy bar. So it's all about eating all things in moderation. This is why following a meal plan, in my opinion, that includes carbohydrate counting is so important because it gives you flexibility in determining, you know, will this piece of fruit fit into my meal plan? Should I eat it? How much of it can I eat? And if you have a meal plan where you're counting carbohydrates and allocating X number of carbs per meal and snack, then you're able to determine based on how many carbohydrates are found in that piece of fruit, whether it's going to fit into your meal plan or not. And if it fits into your meal plan, then by golly, eat the stinking thing. And if it doesn't, then don't. But if you have a meal plan, then that helps you decide what can I eat and how much can I eat. You know, please don't make diabetes about a list of foods you can't have. I'll be honest with you, as a provider, as someone who works with people with diabetes and doing coaching with them, as someone who designs countless meal plans every single month, nothing breaks my heart more than when I have a client who says, oh, well, I can't eat, and they list off 97 hundred foods they can't eat and they've deprived themselves and they're miserable. You know, I had a client that I was working with that we were working on meal planning and she mentioned to me about how upset she was that she couldn't drink coffee anymore. And so I said, well, why can't you have coffee? And she says, well, I put a little creamer in it. And my doctor told me I couldn't have creamer because it had carbs in it. And, and 
I don't want it black and I just quit drinking it and I, I miss it so badly. I just, all I had was my one little cup of coffee in the morning and it just makes me miserable that I can't have it. But he told me I can't have sugar or creamer and I'm not drinking it black. So I just gave it up. And I just felt so sorry for her and I said, no. Her name was Donna and I said, no, Donna, you can have Creamer, creamer actually doesn't have that many carbs in it. It's got about five grams of carb per every tablespoon. So just work that into your meal plan. If you're going to have two tablespoons of creamer in your coffee, which would be 10 grams of carb, then just include that as a part of the carbohydrates that you're counting for breakfast and, and go on. And so maybe you eat a little less at breakfast, but you get your coffee with creamer. So there's a trade-off. Uh, but as long as you don't go over your carbohydrates for that meal, if creamer fits into that carbohydrate count, then have the stinking creamer for crying out loud. Life, again, is too short to let diabetes make it absolutely miserable. So don't make diabetes about a list of foods you can't have. Don't make diabetes this horrible, miserable thing that destroys your life because you think, I can't eat anything and I can't have anything I like. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard patients say to me, well, I have diabetes and if it tastes good, I can't eat it. Oh my gosh, that is total crap. That's just total crap. I have diabetics who enjoy a piece of cheesecake at Christmas. Why are they able to do that? Because they make it work and they fit it into their meal plan. Now, it may not be a big old huge piece of cheesecake, and it may be. They may say, you know what, I'm not going to eat anything else for dinner, but by golly, it's Christmas, and I want that piece of cheesecake, and by God, I'm having it. And that's their dinner, and they use all their carbohydrates that they normally consume at dinner to eat a piece of cheesecake. If you want to do that once in a while, do that. Don't make your life miserable because, again, you can have well-controlled blood sugars and still enjoy foods that you like. The two are not mutually exclusive. And so often people think, well, for my blood sugar to be controlled, it means I have to eat a bunch of stuff I hate and I don't get to eat anything I like. Not true. So if you're struggling with that, if you're listening to me right now and you're struggling with what should I eat and, and I believe diabetes is all about deprivation, stop it. It's not. If you have a friend who's constantly pointing a finger at you and saying, nah, you can't eat that. That's not about, diabetics shouldn't eat that. Then make them listen to this podcast because they're wrong. Okay, they're wrong. You know, you may find that there are some foods that are simply not worth the high blood sugar. Or they're just not worth the effort to eat. And you decide that, you know what, I'm not going to eat these foods because they do totally spike my sugar every single time. They're just not worth it. I would rather eat something else. Then that's fine. That's a choice that you make. But you need to make that choice. Don't let someone else make that choice for you. Don't let someone else tell you, this is what you can eat. This is what you can't. And if you don't do what I say, you're being a bad diabetic. 
That's crap. It's a bunch of crap. And I hear that all the time. And, and if you can tell by, by my voice and my inflection, gosh, this just makes me so upset when I get clients and patients with diabetes who are just completely overwhelmed because they've listened to all the wrong information. And again, that's why I do this podcast every week. That's why I put out a post on the website every week because I want to make sure that you have the right information. That you've got the right information about diabetes so that you can successfully manage your diabetes lower your blood sugars, and live a life that you enjoy, not one that's miserable for you. You know, when it comes to meal planning, the last thing I want to talk about is the importance of your diabetes meal plan being individualized to you and taking into account your current activity level as well as your nutritional needs you know, one of the things that drives me crazy is when people think of diabetes as a one-size-fits-all, because it's not. And if you're out there and you've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and your blood sugars are high and you weigh 300 pounds and you're used to eating 100 grams of carb every meal and 60 or 7 grams of carb in two or three snacks every day. So you're eating nearly 500 grams of carb per day to, to look at you and hand you a cookie cutter meal plan that says, okay, you're going to go from eating 500 grams of carb a day to 150 grams of carb a day. That's not realistic for you. Now, do we want to get you somewhere closer to 150 grams of carbohydrate every day? Maybe, but that's not where we start. Okay, we start with a meal plan that maybe cuts your carbohydrates back by 20, 30%. And you get used to that. And then we cut them down again uh, so that we kind of get you to that sweet spot of I'm eating the amount of food that I need. My blood sugars are well controlled. Bingo, we're right where we need to be. So your meal plan needs to be individualized to you. And though diabetes education can be very helpful, people at diabetes education hand out cookie cutter diabetes meal plans, frankly. And those may work for the average person of average weight who's been diagnosed with diabetes, but they're not going to work for everybody. Uh, and following that initially can sometimes be very frustrating. So when you're considering a meal plan, make sure that it's individualized for you. So I want to just share with you a couple of what I think are the most important tips when it comes to getting started with meal planning, and especially if you're not doing anything at all. Because sometimes if you're not doing anything at all when it comes to meal planning, to instantly start out with having to carb count and calorie count and keep up with protein and fiber and how many grams per here and where and what, sometimes even that is overwhelming. So I want to just give you some basic tips to start out with. And the number one tip is to start with 
portion sizes. If you are newly diagnosed with diabetes, all of the diabetes information that's probably being thrown at you is overwhelming. So let's start small. Succeeding with diabetes about, is about progress over time, not changing everything at one time. So if nothing else, start off small and don't change what you're eating. Just start with eating less. You know, if you're eating three pieces of pizza when you eat pizza, then cut back to two. If you're eating four biscuits when you have biscuits, then cut back to two. Just find ways to cut back on the amount of food that you're eating. If nothing else, start off with eating smaller portion sizes you will see an impact in your blood sugar doing just that. Number two is cut back on high sugary foods that you know you don't need. So if you're grabbing a donut every day for breakfast as you run out the door or you stop and snatch a couple donuts on the way to work, then start carrying a high fiber protein bar with you instead. Or try waking up just 15 minutes earlier and having cereal with fruit or oatmeal with fruit or making a ham and egg and cheese sandwich. Any one of those is more nutritious and better for you than a donut. The third suggestion I have for you is to try to add some healthy snacks to your meal plan and try to snack between meals. This has the added benefit of helping you not be so hungry at mealtime. Some healthy snack options might be carrots or celery sticks or even a piece of fruit uh, such as apples, pears, or peaches. And if it's a fruit that has a skin on it, like apples, pears, peaches, a skin that you can eat, then I encourage you to leave the skin on there. There are important nutrients packed within that skin as well as much needed fiber. Lastly, I wanna encourage you to work with a diabetes coach, a dietitian, or a nutritionist to set up a calorie-based or carbohydrate-based meal plan. Specifically, I recommend a carbohydrate-based meal plan since we know they have the greatest effect on blood sugar. This will help you know what and how much to eat and will help you control your blood sugar over time. This is one of the first things I do with my patients as well as my diabetes coaching clients. I help them determine how many carbs they need to be eating and I help them develop a diabetes meal plan based on that amount. It's not that hard. You know, I turn 42 years old this week and I've been following a diabetes carbohydrate based meal plan since college. That's been 15, 18 years ago. When I went to college, like most everybody else, I gained about 25 pounds over what I weighed when I graduated from high school. And I spent the summer with some diabetes educators when I was in nursing school and began following a diabetes meal plan. And of course that weight gain was not kind to my blood sugars either, right? So I began following a 
carbohydrate-based meal plan. And so I lost about 40 pounds doing that and actually fell a little bit below my high school weight uh, at that time. And I pretty well stayed there. I fluctuate like most anybody else between that weight and what I weighed in high school, but I've consistently stayed at a weight less than what I weighed in high school. And so I've been able to keep that weight off. Uh, now that is also required that I exercise and do some cardio and strength training. But I will tell you one of the biggest factors in losing that weight and getting good control of my blood sugar was following a diabetes-based, carbohydrate-based meal plan. I have had countless patients and countless clients do the exact same thing, get the exact same or similar results, control their blood sugars, lose weight, and then keep that weight off because and keep their blood sugars in good control because they've continued to follow that meal plan, that same meal plan for the long term. So again, I hope you found this information helpful. And if you are unsure of where to start with the diabetes meal plan, hopefully some of this information will help you get started. But if you want more information about Diabetes Meal Plan, then I want to encourage you to go out to my website at www.succeedingwithdiabetes.com. Feel free to email me. Feel free to reach out to me. I would be glad to work with you and help you develop an individualized meal plan to help successfully manage your diabetes that's just for you. But also, I want to encourage you to download my free Diabetes Meal Plan right from the homepage of the website. Uh, there'll also be a link uh, to the website in the podcast description below. So, if you're wanting to get started with a Diabetes Meal Plan, then I strongly encourage you to go out to my website at www.succeedingwithdiabetes.com and download my free Diabetes Meal Planning Guide or simply reach out to me through the website. I would be glad to work with you. Again, thanks so much for joining me today as we've talked about diabetes and answering that question, what can I eat? I want to encourage you to join me next week as we spend some time talking about diabetes and the importance of a good support system. So I look forward to seeing you here next week.